0: Welcome to this Expert View podcast series of Fonds news Institutionnel in collaboration with BNP Paribas Asset Management. In this episode, approved in December 2019, the EU Taxonomy Regulation sets out categories of economic activities that are considered not only environmental sustainable, but also a cornerstone of the European Commission Sustainable Finance Action Plan. But how can investors benefit from the EU Taxonomy and what's next for sustainable investing? My name is Marije Groen. In this podcast I'll talk with Elena Vignes fiestas, Deputy Global Head of Sustainability and Head of Stewardship and Policy at BNP Paribas Asset Management. Helena was a member of the Technical Expert Group Sustainable Finance of the EU and is now rapporteur of the EU platform on sustainable finance. Helena, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you. Uh, Helena, I would suggest that we start with the basics. What is the taxonomy and could you explain to our listeners the main characteristics of the EU taxonomy?
1: So a taxonomy is nothing more than a scientific classification of something. You can think of the EU taxonomy as a dictionary that classifies economic activities that can be considered sustainable. The taxonomy lists, so this dictionary lists those economic activities that contribute significantly to one of the six environmental objectives of the EU, such as healthy ecosystems, Um, and and in order for the economic activity To be included, it needs to contribute significantly to one of those objectives without harming the rest of environmental objectives. And at the same time, they ought to be conducted respecting high social standards, such as human rights and labour rights. Now, how we define substantial contribution or do no significant harm is through criteria. And wherever possible, that criteria needs to be quantitative. Now, the taxonomy has also another unique characteristic, which is that it ought to be aligned with the EU environmental goals and targets and needs to be science-based. What that means in practice is that when we set, um, we mean the, the tech and now the platform, when we set the tra- criteria and the thresholds, those had to reflect the EU targets and goals for it for each one of the specific environmental objectives. For example, when it comes to climate mitigation, the European goal is to become carbon neutral by 2050 and to reduce emissions um, 50 by 50 to 55% before t- 2030 um, from the 1990 uh, levels. The thresholds that we set is reflect the contribution that the different activities, or the effort, if you wish, that the different activities need to undertake in order to become net zero by 2050.
0: Right. And, and how realistic, uh, Elena, do you think that it is that the EU tool will have a wider impact?
1: That's an excellent question because the taxonomy has implications far wider than the EU. Firstly, in terms of disclosures. You need to think that all funds manufactured or market in the EU um, that claim to have an environmental objective or an environmental characteristics will have to disclose against the taxonomy. And that means that investors will be asking the companies investing um, for the information that they need. To meet the regulation reporting obligations, irrespectively of whether that company is or not in the EU. Secondly, the taxonomy will inevitably have an impact on companies and other economic actors' access to finance in the EU, and it will It will affect the cost of capital in the medium and long term within the EU. And that will affect all companies seeking finance in the EU, whether or not themselves are European. The EU taxonomy will gradually influence regulatory standards, regional guidelines and investor behavior in multiple jurisdictions. We We are already seeing other regions developing their own taxonomy. And all of them either take the EU as the reference or aim to harmonize, um, to a certain extent, um, their taxonomy with the EU one.
0: Mm. And why, Elena, should the taxonomy matter to investors?
1: Let me put it differently. Um, those investors that ignore the taxonomy will have to also forget about sustainable investing, and um, when we understand not only the taxonomy itself, yeah, because the taxonomy regulation um, only only obliges to report against the taxonomy and for certain cases, but in order to really understand the impact of the taxonomy, one has to look and start understanding the ecosystem of. Policy measures and regulations that are being developed around the taxonomy, and all of them are geared to incentivize investments in taxonomy aligned activities. Um, Understand that as I said, once you start understanding that you realize to what extent the taxonomy is a real game changer. It's not by coincidence that it is called the cornerstone of the EU sustainable finance strategy, which in turn is the one of the key pillars of the EU Green Deal. Let me just give you an example of one of what I mean by one of those policy measures. Um, very soon um, investors and investment advisors will have to ask all cl- all our clients systematically for their ESG preferences as part of suitability test and um, if our uh, our client says that they are in that they have an interest in the environment um, think you know which fund will they Uh, choose at equal performance? One that is 2% taxonomy compliant or one that is 70%? Um, I think the answer is quite obvious, but it goes farther because retail investors would not even need to know that a taxonomy exists. Like the same way I don't know anything about chemistry or chemical standards. But when I go to the supermarket, I choose the detergent that has the eco-label. And just because I know that that label guarantees me that the product is the most beneficial for the environment, well, the eco-label for financial products will do exactly the same for investments.
0: Clear. Thank you for for clarifying that. Um, My understanding, Elena, is that you see the taxonomy as a multiple tool for companies and investors. Could you elaborate a bit more on that?
1: Yes, absolutely. The taxon- i like to think of the taxonomy as a Swiss knife. That the more you get to know it, the more uses you find for it. Yeah. Um, let me just name um, a few ones. So, firstly, the taxonomy is um, a living dictionary. Yeah, we have—I have already mentioned it. So it's a dictionary that everyone can use. Um, To look at whether or not an economic activity is deemed to be considered sustainable under which circumstances. This this helps investors to identify sustainable investments and can also serve as a framework or objective for companies to make their own activities more sustainable. Um, and I refer to it as a living dictionary because it will be updated regularly uh, to reflect science, market and policy evolutions. Um, it can also be considered as a common measurement tool because it helps investors measure how sustainable their investments are and companies um, to measure the degree of sustainability of their activities it allows consistent reporting and for the very first time comparability so to compare apples to apples so as everyone will be calculating a measure in the degree of sustainability using the same definitions and metrics now thirdly you could also use it as a transition tool because it helps investors and companies to plan and report on the transition um, and this is because the taxonomy for the climate mitigation um, objective sets the different targets, if you wish, or thresholds, and, the, and those set the direction of travel for each one of the economic activities to net zero. These trajectories are consistent with the EU uh, policy and targets which basically means they're fully consistent with the Paris goal of a 1.5 degree and the EU goal of achieving carbon neutrality by 2050 and halving emissions by 2030 last but not least the the taxonomy can be used uh, by investors as an engagement tool um, I think this is a really important one because the taxonomy operates Bottom up, as opposed to most disclosures. And what that means is that it gives me detail, um, details of how the activities of a company, the extent to which those activities are in the right pathway to the net zero, but it also it is calculated at asset level. So that means that it allows me to have much more of granular information um, from a revenue and a capex perspective about the company's activities and assets.
0: Right. So in summary, just to, to repeat those four you mentioned, you think the taxonomy can serve as a living dictionary, as a measuring tool, as a transition tool, and as an engagement tool. However, uh, it's not a tool for screening sustainable investments with potentially good returns. Wouldn't that feature make it even more attractive? <laughs>
1: Um, It's a very interesting question, because the very fact that a company conducts sustainable activities doesn't guarantee you higher returns, right? Higher returns. That is absolutely correct. However, um, I think that is worth taking into account three factors. The first one is that the activities identifying the taxonomy, particularly the enabling activities, which are those products, services and technologies that help other companies and society as a whole to make the transition and become more sustainable, are going to be inevitably in high demand, right? Because we need to transition and we know that for sure. So, And these are the activities that are going to help us to do so. Number two, the thresholds of the taxonomy reflect, in a way, best performance, if you wish. But sooner or later, and some already do, all companies whose activities fall under the scope of the taxonomy will have to meet the criteria. And that's inevitable for the reasons we said at the beginning, because the thresholds are consistent with the EU targets, so um, let me give you an example. Yeah, all activities need to reach net zero. We agree, right? And they need to do so in less than thirty years. So in order for uh, f- to ensure that Europe meets its commitment that will be enshrined in law, the EU carbon pricing and other regulations will increasingly become tougher and tougher, and will penalise those that do not meet the thresholds. And basically this means that the taxonomy, you know, helps to preempt future regulatory risks. And thirdly, um, last but not least, companies and and stocks that have a higher level of alignment, whether it's on the revenue side or on the capital side, side, will be in high demand as all of us, we want to increase our percentage of assets under management that are aligned with the taxonomy.
0: Right. Uh, let's take a moment, Helena, to talk a bit more about the future of uh, sustainable investing, because what is the next step after the EU taxonomy, SFDR and green labelling?
1: Yes. First, what we need is to finish the taxonomy, right? Um, you mentioned at the very beginning that I am a member, a, the rapporteur of the uh, platform Sustainable Finance. Well, the role of the platform is number one to finish the green taxonomy if you wish that means to um, expand the climate taxonomy and then to develop the technical criteria for the other four environmental objectives Um, another role that we have is to provide um, formal advice to the commission on whether or not it should expand the taxonomy to cover social issues that is to develop a social taxonomy Um, the third of our task is to advise, uh, formally advise the Commission on whether or not it should also develop a taxonomy for harmful activities and or neutral activities. And last but not least, and this says... Um, we need to provide advice to the Commission on the data challenges, the reporting, and the usability, and that's precisely the task of the working group I am a rapporteur for. Um, and we have a fourth task, which is to provide advice to the E European Commission on policy developments uh, in this area. Now. What we know, besides the potential social and/or harmful uh, ta- taxonomy that we might develop, those is that the European Commission is publishing uh, during the first quarter the renewed sustainable finance strategies, and um, we have a little bit of an idea where the thinking is because uh, the Commission actually launched a consultation, right, and what it became clear from the consultation is that, um, number one, there are some priorities around finishing or uh, addressing some of the um, action points of the original EC action plan that have not yet been addressed or finalised, such as the integration of ESG by credit rating agencies or sustainable corporate governance. Um, Number two is that there might be a... um, how to put it that the European Commission might provide guidance or even um, demand at uh, the public sector and the different member states to use the taxonomy for certain uh, uh, for certain things. So, for example, um, the European Commission already uh, has des- um, dedicated twenty eight percent of its budget to climate projects and those projects need to be in line with the taxonomy. The question now is the extent to which the taxonomy might influence green procurement, uh, green budgeting or even public sector uh, pensions and savings. Um, there is a question as well around to what extent the Commission will further develop you know, its work around definition standards and labels. Um, it's normal I think it's normal that um, if that if we have a social taxonomy one day, it will be reasonable to ha- ask for a social label and uh, a EU social bond standard, for example. And um, I also think that uh, we're going to see more regulation in areas such as climate, fi- physical risk and adaptation, biodiversity or circular economy. And
0: do you think, Helena, with all all of that regulations, is there a risk that this abundance of laws and regulations might hamper the growth of sustainable investing, in your view?
1: Um, let me give you an analogy. For quite a while, um, food producers were free-to-market you know, uh, the products as low-fat or good to reduce cholesterol or whatever, you know, they could make whatever claim they wanted, yeah? And then one day, the European authorities, you know, woke up and said, well, enough is enough, yeah? We are concerned on one hand about the rising health crisis, but also about how uh, misleading some of the claims are, yeah? So they decided to regulate the market and said, if you want to market your products lower, lower fat it is only fair to ask how much fat it actually has and whether or not it's too much now for consumers to know whether you know an number x number of grams of fat is too much or not um, you would agree that many of us at least that's my case i will need a, a reference right and ideally that reference is developed by health experts yeah and in fact that's what happened and this is what we know as the recommended daily intake yeah whether we talk about fat or sugar or salt or whatever it might be well for sustainable investment is the same being the taxonomy the reference if you wish the recommended daily intake and um Why uh, the authorities now are regulating is partially to avoid greenwashing and to ensure end investors can make informed decisions, but partially as well because we face a real environmental crisis and we need to urgently transition to an environmentally sustainable and carbon neutral economy. And it's just normal that regulators are stepping in.
0: Right. Th- thanks for clarifying. Um, now, we see that much of today's ESG investment activity is based on exclusions. So meaning that they are avoiding the businesses and activities that most that cause the most damage. But shouldn't we change that mindset to a more inclusive thinking, Elena?
1: Well, personally, I don't see ESG or sustainable investing uh, as um, as only linked to exclusions. But it's true that the market has traditionally focused much of its work on avoiding particularly harmful businesses or investments, whether they're harmful for the planet or society. Um, I think that the fact that the taxonomy identifies positive contribution and rewards not only those companies or economic actors that are contributing significantly to one of the environmental objectives, but also those who might not be contributing today, so that means that they are not aligned from a revenue perspective today, but that they have the willingness to contribute, and therefore that they invest in their capex. in becoming taxonomy aligned. And this is why it is so important that the CAPEX um, financial metric has been included. And what it is really, and also very important is that all expenditures of funds invested in becoming taxonomy aligned are recognized by the regulation as taxonomy alignment. Now, the taxonomy works as a real incentive for companies and other actors, because it is also about um, other economic actors that wish to transform their businesses um, to become taxonomy aligned, and um, and to be on the right pathway to net zero.
0: Yeah, and and to therefore create to a sustainable future, right? Exactly. Right. Um, We're already reaching the end of this podcast, Helena, but a final question for you. Do you think it is a task of the financial sector to support companies in their transition to sustainability?
1: Absolutely when um, BNP and Management committed during COP21 to align progressively our portfolios to the goals of the Paris Agreement. Um, And at the time already we were so aware that we will only be able to meet our commitments and comply with common regulation if the companies we invest in do likewise. And this is why it is our intention to accompany to accompany them in their efforts to transition. We maintain a close dialogue with companies individually or as part of investor collective initiatives, such as Climate Action 100+. But sometimes, unfortunately, you cannot accompany those that do not wish to be a company. And in those cases, unfortunately, we might have to take a more drastic uh, approach um, if we want to reach net zero ourselves. In any case, it is in our best interest that companies transition, not least because the ability for companies to generate future returns will depend on their capacity to transition and to adapt to the new market dynamics and policy frameworks that are being created as we speak.
0: Great. We'll we'll stay tuned for that. Thank you very much, Elena. My pleasure. You listen to Expert View, a podcast series of Fondsnews Institutionel, in collaboration with BNP Paribas Asset Management. I would like to thank my guest, Helena Vines-Fiestas, Deputy Global Head of Sustainability and Head of Stewardship and Policy at BNP Paribas Asset Management, for her time and her insights. For more podcasts, please visit the website of Fondsnews, fondsnews.nl forward slash podcast. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as on publication date.